A few weeks ago in the church, we celebrated the paternal feast of our church here, St. Paul Catholic Center, the conversion of St. Paul. And so for the last few weeks, I've really been thinking about and praying about what does it mean for me as the pastor, but for us as a parish, to be under the patronage of St. Paul. Now, there are a lot of St. Paul's that are by or are on university campuses, and the reason for that is probably pretty obvious, is that St. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. He went to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, into the world, away from those who are believers, into the world of unbelievers, people who may not have even known of the one God. But as I thought about it and prayed about it this week in particular, I was struck that St. Paul is wonderful and as powerful and as great as his ministry was. The reason St. Paul is a saint is not because of any of those works. The reason St. Paul is a saint is because he realized he was utterly impoverished, that he was nothing without God. That as good as his education was, as pious a man as he was, as effective as his preaching was, he realized that it was in losing himself and in embracing his poverty that he was most at peace, most himself. In fact, he says this when he says in one of his letters, When I was weak, then I am, when I am, weak, then I am strong. He came to know in his encounter with the Lord Jesus that it was Jesus meeting him in his poverty, the incarnate God, God who is infinite became finite, God who is limitless limited himself, took on the abject and utter poverty of humanity so that he could elevate us from within. When St. Paul grasped that and lived that, the world changed as a result. Jesus in the gospel says it very clearly in this uh, Beatitudes from St. Luke. Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are poor. Matthew says the poor in spirit. Luke just says the poor. This is hard for us to understand. Because in our culture, we utterly abhor poverty. We try to push poverty away as much as possible from our lives. We try to put the poor, and oftentimes we don't even talk about the poor. In our discourse, and in our, especially around the pandemic and all of that, the people who are most adversely affected are the poor. The poor didn't get the choice to stay home from work. They had to go to work. They didn't get a day off if they got sick. They had to make difficult choices. And yet we don't often talk about them because poverty makes us uncomfortable. And there's more poverty than just material poverty. There's spiritual, there's emotional, there's relational poverty. Poverty is everywhere around us. And we either ignore it or we go in the opposite direction and we think that we can eradicate it through our power. That if we just implement some sort of government program or if we all just pitch in, that we will get rid of poverty. But poverty is multivalent. Poverty is always with us. We see in Jesus that he came into the poverty and embraced it, drew us to himself, and it was in that poverty 
and in that poverty in our own lives where we are set free. It's no wonder that when Mother Teresa came to the United States of America, she was asked about what she thought of America, and she said the most poor place on earth, the poorest people on earth, were Americans. Because they never knew what it was like. We don't know what it's like to go without. Maybe we don't have the money for food, but we know that there's a possibility of a meal. Some people in the world don't even know that, or don't even have that. We have so much that we cling to those things, those finite things in our lives, and they keep us from the infinite reality of God. And so I want to exhort and challenge each of us tonight to embrace our poverty, to recognize that even in areas where we believe we are strong, we are poor. Because if we cling to our riches, if we cling to the things that we think will make us happy in this life, Jesus leaves no equivocation, no possible misinterpretation here. Woe to us. But when we embrace our poverty, we are like what we heard in the first reading from the prophet Jeremiah, a tree planted near running water. We are not strong but our roots sink into what is life-giving and nourishing. We, even though we are now different than any other tree or bush, we are so close to the life-giving water that we cannot help, even in our poverty, receive nourishment and life. Not because we are great, but because the river of life flows with abundance in our hearts. We have to recognize that God, in order to rise from the dead, died. And so too must we, by embracing our weaknesses, by joining together with our brothers and sisters in need, by recognizing our own need. And only when we are all poor, when we are all impoverished, when we only cling To God himself can love and justice truly reign. It's not a matter of all of us just working together to eradicate poverty or to vote for the right person or to organize our economy and government in a certain way. The only thing that overcomes the utter poverty of this world, material, emotional, spiritual, and otherwise, is Jesus, risen from the dead who loves us in our weakness and in our poverty. And so in a few moments, we will bring forward bread and wine. We will put those on the altar. That's an offering from the people. That's also your gift. And so I want to encourage you in your prayer to put your hearts, to put your poverty, to put your weakness onto that plate, into that cup, and let the Lord transform it. Because like a tree planted near flowing streams, we are meant to flourish because of the life-giving water that flows from God. We are strong when we are weak.